Blog Talk Radio. Mike Roach from Hornsports.com. How's it going tonight, Mike? 
Oh, tired, man. It's been a long day, but thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. No, we appreciate you. I'm sure it's been not only a long day, probably a a long five or six weeks um, trying to keep up with all this crazy news. And, 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 that's, and that's really where I want before we get into specific commits and, I guess, signees now. We don't even have to call them commits. They're signees now. Um, this um, incredible Longhorn class that Strong has put together for 2016. Uh, you know, take us back, I guess, you know, maybe, I guess, late December, probably early January, you probably started getting the back-channel words that this momentum was building. And I guess tell our listeners how this thing really started to come together. Yeah, um, it was actually, I would say, more in in mid-December. We started hearing about how uh, they were kind of marshalling for this this official visit weekend that was going to be mid-January. They were going to try to get all their big recruits in that weekend um and then and then they were launching a coordinated effort through social media through uh the commitments that were already on on board and through the players that were already on the team and they were going to put full force um an example being uh Jordan Elliott when Jordan Elliott um in early January said I'm going to Michigan I'm not talking to Texas I'm not taking any visits uh, we heard from a source on the coaching staff that said, we're going to let him wait and cool off a little bit, and then we're going to throw the kitchen sink at him, and we guarantee you he'll fold, and he'll come with us. So, you know, these guys had a plan, and um, they executed it flawlessly. And, and to see their plan executed in stark contrast with the way that Texas A&M tried to execute their plans and, and, and saw them kind of fall apart was kind of refreshing. Yeah, and, you know, we, we got, you know, it kind of got termed, you know, the, the wolf pack, the chat group. Um, you know, I was telling some people today, you know, recruiting has, has really changed, uh, you know, the last several years. You know, I remember when, you know, obviously Twitter was not around and, you know, not even much Internet. Now these kids, and not only that, what's really changed is, is the camp circuit they all go to. They all get to know each other. Um, for the most part, they all like each other. And if you're a school today, you can get one or two alpha males to buy in that they're coming. Uh, there, There is some truth that, you know, a lot of players, they kind of get this pack mentality. We saw it with, when, when Manziel was at A&M. There was, you know, everybody started moving, gravitating to A&M. Everybody wanted to play together. And I think that's what we had this year with this class. Eight or nine, ten guys kind of all said, hey, we could be something special and, and, and all kind of packed up together. Yeah, I think you're dead on with that, especially uh, you mentioned the camp circuit, and that's become a really big thing because these guys all go to the opening now. Now the opening is allowing underclassmen in to compete there, so those guys are getting to know the kids under them. So you had guys like Malik and Deshaun Elliott who have been at camps with guys like uh, McCulloch and Brandon Jones. They know those guys are real familiar with them. It's not a I have no clue who this kid coming in on the visit is anymore. Um, they're really tight circles, and it, it's it's good for us who cover recruiting because we figure out um, back in back on the big visit weekend. I got a text Friday night, basically telling me that McCulloch had committed. He was in. He was going to announce on signing day. From there, I could look and link, you know, five or six guys that I know. Okay, if McCulloch's coming, they're coming with him. And for the most part, I got all of them right, with the exception of Dontavious Jackson. So yeah, it's it's totally changed the game, and if you can find those that domino effect to knock things down, um, you know you can really put together a solid class. Yeah, before we get into the uh, the new Longhorns, 
Yeah, that, that's one that, man, just kind of, you know, for about a week, I, I would say, now nah, he's 100% out. He's probably going to Florida State. And then I would tip back the next day and say, well, you know, his buddy Chris Brown's in. He's in the Houston group. Um, he's probably he's probably back in. He's back out. So, I guess, what do you think was the major difference um, for him not being in? Um, because it is somewhat surprising to me a little bit. Um, I think numbers at the position played a big factor for him. I also think that um, I think Florida State did a did a heck of a job recruiting him. Um, you know, yeah. Longhorn fans should be very familiar with the job Tim Brewster can do on the recruiting trail. Absolutely. So I mean, yeah. let's not take away anything from them. I think the big thing was numbers at the position, and I think a little bit of it was people got in his ear and sold him on you may not be the perfect linebacker to play in the Big 12 because it is passing mm-hmm. league. That's not really what you do. Um, and I think you know all those kind of came together and. Look, I mean, he made a great decision. He's going to a great program, so can't really say. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue not not going to Florida State. I mean, there's always been talk early on that he wanted to leave the state and do his own thing. So, yeah, I wish him nothing but the best. And, you know, it's funny. I saw an article tweeted out earlier. I didn't get a chance to read, but just a little bit. And there's already talk now out of Florida State. You know, he's, you know, up to about 245. He gets much bigger once he gets there. Um, he may be playing on the edge with his um, hands in the dirt. So he may outgrow uh, the linebacker position anyway because, I mean, he's a pretty good-sized young man anyway. Yeah, I wrote um, – I mean, I you know, just as what we do is we pre-write articles just in case something happens. In fact, if you would have seen the administrator panel of Horn Sports last night when I was putting up articles and hiding them, you would have seen all sorts of names that you'd have been like, what? In fact, I had a guy that – because there's about a five-second period that I can put it up before I can hide it. So you'll see it for about mm-hmm. five seconds. And I I had a guy, I guess, that saw it and, and messaged me on Twitter saying, are we getting Dontavious and Deontay and all these guys? And I said, no, 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 these are just, you know, precautionary things. But I did uh, Dontavious's, and he's already at 255, I think. So, wow. I mean, he's a big-bodied kid. If you, get, if you get him into a college strength program, I don't see any problem with him getting to 270, 275. Yeah. Well, let's jump into some of these some of these guys, and I'm going to start with some of the early enrollees already on campus. And you know, you can just give us a, a little you know snippet, I guess, of what you think, what their future holds, and what we you know what fans can look for. And obviously, we're going to start with the uh, Shane Bichelle. I mean, I mean, you know, I've seen enough film on him. Uh, I, I'm sold on the kid. I think he's an alpha male. I think he's what the quarterback position has been lacking for Texas for some time. So, tell us about Shane. I uh, love Shane to death. I'm a, I live in Arlington. Shane's high school is about 10 minutes away from me. I saw him play at five games this year. I saw him play at the opening uh, regional camp. Uh, I mean, the guy is just, he's surgical with his ability and um, good athlete, not a great athlete when it comes to running, but you know, good enough. Um, but I mean, his, his accuracy, his leadership acumen, uh, there was nobody who questioned his leadership on his high school team. Um, great kid. I know a couple of teachers at a school who I talked to that said, you're not just getting a, a star kid, a star player, you're getting a star quality kid. Obviously as a son of a professional athlete, I think he understands a lot about preparation and, and things of that nature. So yeah, I mean, I, they couldn't have done better in my opinion than getting Shane. And then obviously the, the big, you know, six, five, six, six, depending on who you believe, um, Colin Johnson, who I think is just going to be, uh, an absolute superstar. Obviously, you know, had limited film his senior year. He got hurt early. 
but obviously you can tell from his junior film and limited senior action, this kid uh, is going to be unbelievable on the outside for Texas. Tell us about Collins. Uh, yeah, you just don't see size like his a lot at the receiver position. And usually when you do, it's a project. And Colin, is uh, he's got ball skills for days. Uh, catch radius is crazy. Uh, he's going to be able to box people out. Doesn't have that, you know, the elite speed that would make him a five-star. And I think that's what held him back uh, for some people. Although, I mean, to me, he has just about every trade I'd like to see out of a five-star. I think, uh, yeah, I think he's I think he's got NFL written all over him. Yeah, you know, we, we all get caught up with the ratings. And, you know, obviously, uh, even after his junior year, for whatever reason, he was not a big camp circuit kid. And, you know, I think that's why he obviously didn't get, you know, but I, I think if he hits a few camps and doesn't get hurt, um, he's probably a five-star kid. So, yeah, uh, you know, totally agree. I think I think he's a great talent. Uh, let's talk about DeMarco, probably the longest commit. Obviously, he's been with us a year. Um, when his brother Chris committed last year, obviously he was in. He actually, he committed – um, a little before Chris, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, it's been a year, so I can't quite remember all the details. But, um, um, but tell us about DeMarco. You know, what's interesting with our linebacker, Death, uh, I like I like his game, but honestly, I don't know where he's going to fit yet. Um, you know, what do you think of DeMarco? Uh, you know, DeMarco, he actually uh, committed the same day as Chris, later in the day. If you yeah, remember, Chris right. and, and Holton Hill committed together in the, in the afternoon and then DeMarco that night. Um, he, I mean, he plays a ton of positions at Gilmer, uh, inside linebacker, defensive end, even plays some defensive tackle. He plays a running back there. I think long-term he's a fullback H back type of guy, um, just because of the numbers at linebacker and because he's kind of got a, a unique skill set for that position. Um, so yeah, I could see him coming in and fitting this, this H back position. And, and I really would need to do more study of what Sterling Gilbert does on offense to see how he uses that position. But, um, I, I think he could be a fit there right away. And then obviously the, the, the kid we flick, um, flipped from K state, um, late, who I think probably, um, has a very good chance of being the starting center when we open up against Notre Dame. And I'm glad he's on campus bulking up with, um, with Pat Moore, um, Zach Shackelford, which I absolutely, um, Love his film. I mean, he completely destroys people um, in the line of scrimmage. Um, um, he, he he plays with an aggressiveness that we hadn't seen at Texas in a while in the offensive line. Yeah, he's not terribly flashy. He's not terribly technical. He's just mean. He's nasty. And, um, you know, he's got film where he's just punishing Kendall Jones and Rasan Thornton, yeah. two guys who are going to Alabama and LSU, and he's just working them. He got a lot better from his junior to his senior year. Um, a lot better. I mean, world's better. And that was kind of a theme for this class was late evaluations. And um, I think, I think that he's, he's, yeah, he'll be in the mix for the center position uh, right away just because, you know, lack of depth, but uh, you know, he's also got the size already and, and the demeanor that he can probably play there. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting about him and I don't, you know, want to turn this into a, a Mac evaluation, Mac Brown bashing, but, I mean, obviously, Mac did great things at, at Texas, and you know, we, you know, he also did some things not real great at the end. But this would have been a kid, you know, that we would have never even looked at. I mean, this is where you give Charlie Strong and his staff some credit, and obviously the previous relationship with um, with Maddox um, because he was recruiting the kid. But this would have been a kid that um, we would, would we would have been, you know, three or four years down the road, he would have been starting at K State, whipping our butts, and we'd have been saying. Why didn't we look at this kid? You know, kind of a late bloomer. So, you know, it's kind of a refreshing thing to see us now involved with these type of kids now. 
Oh, absolutely. You'd have been saying, how, this kid's from Belton. How did we let him get away? He's from right outside of Austin. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about the let's talk about the big safety um, who you know uh, Aggie tears are still running down um, all through Nacogdoches this season. Um, the number one safety in the country, uh, Mr. Brandon Jones. Um, I think this is a kid that can come in and play right away as well. Yeah, you're gonna have to give me some room to gush here because um, <laughs> I I I have Brandon ranked as my number one player in the state, and I've had him ranked that way since about. Uh, early summer last year. I pushed him up over Greg Little. I caught some flack for it, but um, I know people within the Texas Department, uh, athletic department, that think he's the best player in the nation, not the best safety. He's the best player in the nation. Um, I talked to several coaches who who said that he's one of the best kids they've ever seen on a high school field. He's got – he doesn't have the athleticism that a guy like Deontay Anderson has, but his – his natural ability to play football and and let's not get it twisted. He has a pretty good athletic package as it is, but his natural ability to play football is leaps and bounds above where you see most high school kids, especially East Texas kids who are usually very high, uh, high ceiling athletes, but are not really highly technical players. So we were talking about this last week that Nacogdoches has, because they've got another corner coming up in the 17 class. That's, Again, a very technical player, and something's going right with their coaching staff there. But, yeah, I think Brandon Jones comes in immediately. I think he pushes for one of those starting safety positions, and I think he's he's in the mix, you know, as quickly as you can get him out there. Well, give, give our listeners uh, a, a little backstory here. I mean, obviously, um, you know, he, uh, he was an Aggie lean for a long time. They pretty much thought he was an Aggie law. So, I mean, what did the staff do right here? And I guess what did Aggies do wrong? Because, I mean, you know, this is kind of like the – he's the Malik Jefferson of 2016. Uh, I mean, he really is. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on what went wrong and what went right for us? Uh, you know, what, what went right, and it's it's the magic bullet for Charlie Strong, is Jeff Trailer. Uh, bringing yeah. in a guy who's, who's a made man in East Texas um, and, and that can go into these schools and can relate with East Texas kids because they're a different breed. They are they East Texas to them is its own little part of a part of the state. It's almost like its own country. So if you could bring in a guy like that that can relate to them, um, you know that's obviously a big key. For A and M, I don't know how much they mess, uh, how much they failed. Is this? Is I just think it's more that they thought they had it in the bag, and I don't know that they closed as desperately as they needed to, whereas Texas attacked this recruitment very aggressively. Obviously, the instability issues um, that they saw on campus, and Brandon was very close with Kyler Murray, um, that that hurt them a lot. And uh, a lot of the things that came out about Kevin Sumlin and him looking at NFL jobs and him showing up drunk to places, and you know, that hurts. So, they, they totally. I, I'm just going to say they didn't piss that recruitment away, and Texas took advantage of it. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the one that you said. Like when you heard, uh, w- w- you know, may have come in. I guess the domino effect. That's the shark, Jeffrey McCullough. Um, um, I got to see this kid play a few times um, this year in Houston. Um, uh, very impressed with him. Um, I think he's going to do big things in the Charlie Strong um, defense. Yeah, I love him. Um, I think he's. I think I had him ranked sixth in the state. Uh, he's got Malik-like ability, um, even if he doesn't have quite the high-end athleticism that Malik has. 
but he's bigger. He's a little more. Uh, he's thicker. He's a little more sturdier. And um, I, I think if you put those two guys on the outside, him and Malik, and then you mix some Eric Fowler in there, that you've got a, you know, kind of a situation like the Broncos have when they're bringing Vaughn Miller and uh, Demarcus Ware off both edges, and you can really um, start altering the way offenses prepare for you with with high impact guys like that at linebacker. I love love McCulloch, love the Shark, and he's a great kid too. Um, obviously, he had. Stanford, Notre Dame, Michigan. I mean, those schools are all very high, high academic profile schools. He he wants to be a corporate lawyer. He's got a, a life plan ahead of him that doesn't include football. So, you know, anytime you can get a kid like that on campus, it helps your team overall. Yeah. And you just mentioned him on um, the kid. I'm, I'm calling the wow, the wow commit today. Um, nobody knew really uh, where he was going. I don't, I'm not sure he really knew up until he pulled the hat out. And that's the kid right again, right down the road from Austin, uh, from Maynor. Um, Eric Fowler, uh, what a huge flip for the program and Charlie Strong today. This kid, I think, has beats written all over him as well. Yeah, he's um, not as big as I thought he was. Uh, we saw him up close at the Army game, and I bigger, and by that I mean taller. Um, he's probably about six one and a half, six two. so that's going to limit some of what he can do on the edge, but his athleticism is so explosive that he's going to be another guy that you can move around and you can bring him from the middle. You can bring him off the weak side. You can bring him off the strong side. Um, and actually I will tell you that um, I did hear today from a source that he was actually recruiting other players in San Antonio to Texas. So there were at least some indications back then that he was kind of leaning that way. Uh, but yeah, he's, um, he's kind of this, this new breed I, that we're going to talk about tonight with just about every player on defense and, kind of what I think Charlie's defense is morphing into, and that's a totally interchangeable unit where you can – where there are no defined positions. There are just sub-packages, and we want to bring pressure from here and here, so we're going to plug these guys in here and here. And the next kid who, you know, uh, I guess got labeled a lot of things. Um, I just think he was an 8, 17, 18-year-old kid that, you know, had a hard time telling people no. Obviously, Mr. Jordan Elliott uh, rec- um, committed to Baylor, Michigan, Houston – final with Texas. I always felt like if Texas could get him on campus the last time, like you said, uh, uh, we we would close with him. Uh, you know, we can all get caught up in that, but uh, what I'm going to get caught up in is how well he looked in the, in his, uh, in the all-star game dominating big-time competition. This kid can be a real stud. Yeah, he's uh, one of the only true three techniques in the class. It's a class full of nose guards, so he's got some quickness. He's got a great build. Um you know, I'm going to sound a little suspect here when I say this, but he's got that great lower body, great big butt you like to see on a defensive tackle uh, with the long legs. It allows him to anchor. But, you know, he's got some athleticism. Um, I think he's probably the key candidate that could come in right away and play a defensive tackle for Texas if I'm going to pick one of them. Um, it's either him or probably Christmas Giles. But, yeah, you know, the whole recruiting thing, it's kids being kids. Um, and yeah. They're going to change their minds, and, and Jordan was a wonderful kid. I talked to him at the Army game. He was a wonderful kid. You know, he was caught up in the process, and, I, you know, it happens, but in, in the end, I think he made the right decision for himself and for his family, and, I, you know, I think he's going to be happy with it. Uh, another kid who I think is going to have a very good career, and obviously since he's committed, it's turned into one of my favorite Twitter followers. Um, that's Gene DeLance. Um, um, he's a riot on Twitter, and, boy, he's recruited – um, he's turned into a pretty Ted Gum good recruiter. Um, what do you think about this kid? 
Uh, I liked Lance a lot. He did. I saw him in the playoffs against uh, Colleen Schumacher. So, uh, like we were talking about earlier, Kendall Jones and Rashawn Thornton's team, he struggled a little bit with Thornton off the edge. Um, I think he needs to put on more weight. Mm-hmm. But uh, his his athleticism for his size, once he does put on that weight, is, is going to be phenomenal. I know that he thinks he's going to play this year, and I just don't know how likely that is because if you see his body type, he's still pretty rail thin. And I don't know how much weight he could put on between now and, and Notre Dame. Um, but, uh, I, yeah, I think he's the high-end athlete that you kind of want at the position. And um, and, and he's, he's perfect for that power spread offense. Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, our, our O-line depth is still, you know, I mean, he, he might make the two deep or, you know, but I, I think – I personally think his upside is, is enormous. But I, I agree with you. I think he needs to get a, a year of – uh, of technique, um, improving his technique, getting the weight room, put on some weight. I think he needs a red shirt year, and there's no doubt as a red shirt freshman he's probably starting at um, one of the tackle positions for three or four years. Um, but, yeah, I like his upside a Absolutely. lot. Absolutely. Uh, another kid that, that um, Charlie Strong um, impressed me going and getting, again, I'm not convinced um, uh, under the previous staff we would have even looked at, and that's Andrew Fitzgerald, who obviously – uh, blew up quite a bit his second year, um, um, his senior year. Started out as a three-star, got bumped up as a four-star. Um, plays with a high motor. Um, I, I think he still needs to develop some upper body strength, but I, but I think he could be a very promising player in the future. What do you think of Andrew? Uh, again, you're going to have to allow me some room to gush here because I do uh, I do love Andrew. He's um yeah, it's a late evaluation, like you said, and and that's like mm-hmm. the theme here. That that Charlie's been making these these late evaluations, and they're coming through on guys whose senior film is so much better than their junior film. And the thing about Fitzgerald is, you know, he looks like uh, he looks like one of your big, just strong side defensive ends who's going to anchor and set the edge against the run. He's not going to really do anything special, but the guy can really move laterally for his size, and he's crafty as hell. I love his film because he sets up guys with inside moves, and then we'll hit them with the outside. Um, he's smart. He's he's got a he's got really high upside. And even Charlie today called him the black uh, the dark horse to to kind of come out of this class as the star player. And then obviously another guy we offered late. Um, you know, obviously I think it was the day I think it was the day he the day or two before he committed to to OU, and then obviously decommitted pretty quick. And I felt like after that um, it was over. He knew that he was coming to Texas, and um, that's Chris Daniels. Yeah, Chris um, loved him a lot last year. He, he's kind of the opposite for me. He had a down yeah. senior year, and what ha- what happened? He really was he did. Tried to put on, he tried to put on some weight, and um, I don't think it went well for him because he kind of had a weird form to him, and he it looked a little more sluggish. He wasn't playing with as consistent of a motor. He's very yeah. strong. Uh, I mean, very strong. If you remember Roy Miller type strong. Uh, mm-hmm. He can push this pocket, and, and that's how strong he is. I think if if he does a little reshaping, um, he'll be in fine. He'll be in you know fine form to uh, to be a force, and and I think he could he could play next year on the nose. But I don't know that that maximizes his potential as much as maybe we take a year to reshape his body. Mm-hmm. And then the kid I, I'm going to gush on, I absolutely love, and uh, you know it was another kid that was kind of under the radar. Um, I don't think he even played his junior year much. At all, and that's the kid out of Louisiana, uh, Mr. Christmas Giles. Um, um, if you really watch him, I mean, his his first step—I hate to even use this word—but it's elite, and I think this kid's upside is going to be remarkable. 
Well, you shouldn't hate to use that word because his first step is elite. It's it's phenomenal. It's Malcolm Brown. <laughs> yeah. It's Malcolm Brown good. And and Malcolm yeah. Brown, when he came out of Brenham, had the same type of first step, the same type of body. I wrote that mm-hmm. in his commitment breakdown that he shows me a lot of what Malcolm Brown was really good at. Um, there were some talk about him being a great risk. And, you know, from what we've heard, he's done a lot to clean that up in the classroom. So we don't anticipate problems with him qualifying, but he's the other guy that I think, other than Elliott, that could make an impact right away just because he's such a force athletically and can move so well for his size. Yeah. Another kid that's probably uh, right up by you um, out of Louisville, Texas. Um, Everybody thought he was headed to TCU, and then obviously um, he did end up coming to Texas. That's Okafer, another big kid, 6'4", 295, played guard. Um, Where is he going to fit in in a couple years? I think, actually, if if I had to handicap the lineman coming in of who was going to play the earliest, I think I would pick Okafer, honestly. Um, I could see a situation where Vahi slides into center and Okafer plays guard because he's the one that's got the the most college-ready body with the most level of of technical ability. So, um, yeah, again, another late offer – or not late offer, but – a guy who got better in his senior year. He was a two-star going into to his year, and I think he ended up in, like, rivals 250 uh, by the end of that. Long arms, uh, he can pretty much scratch his knees standing straight up. Um, so, I mean, he, he profiles to tackle, but he's strong enough to play guard, moves really well. Uh, I love him. I think uh, I think he's right there with DeLance as far as, as impact guys go. And then, obviously, our lone running back out of Katy, Texas. You know he comes from um, a great background there. We all know what Katy does every year, year in and year out um, in high school football. I live in Houston, so I get to see Katy a lot. Um, um, it's been a long time since we've um, had a player from Katy High School come to Texas. And, I mean, this was a kid, um, uh, you know, two weeks ago I felt was all in at Texas, and then, you know, it was all TCU. And then here we are today. He's signed with Texas and, um, you know, he pretty much didn't handle recruiting like anybody else does. He ain't on Twitter. He just kind of handled it behind the scenes. Um, he's just a different, um, a different young man. But I really like his game. Um, what do you, What do you know about Kyle Porter? Well, we do know that Katie can run the football. So if you're going to get a player <laughs> from Katie, be it a running back or a or, or a offensive lineman, because that's what they do. Um, yeah, we talked to him at the Army game, and it was like pulling teeth from him. He just does not like yeah. the limelight of, of recruiting. And he basically told me, he's like, man, I don't want Twitter. I don't want to do these interviews. I just want to go to school and play football. So, um, <laughs> you know, very nice kid. It was just he, he didn't have a lot to say. Uh, as far as on the field, I feel like he can do a little bit of everything. Um, and I used to think that he was better suited for last year's offense than this year's, but then I rewatched his film. And I kind of think he fits everywhere. He's not a uh, a masterful player at any one one thing, but he's he's very good at doing a lot of things. And his stop start ability, his quick change of direction, uh, he's got some wiggle, he's got some power. He kind of does it all. And so, you know, in a year where you're going to take one guy and you're going to move on to a, a class next year that has more talent in state, I think he's kind of the perfect guy to take if you're going to miss on on Dubois Whaley. I mean, obviously, you know, uh, defensive back Eric Cuffey out of out of Waco. I'm, I'm sure Baylor's a little upset that he didn't, you know, stay home. And um, I mean, and obviously, you know, the talk a month and a half ago that you know he was all in with A&M. So another good job by Strong and him for just you know staying on him and and, and he wouldn't take no for an answer. And here we are today. He's a Longhorn. 
Yeah, I think somebody sent me something that Billy Billy over at Texags wrote about that they had shown him a video of, of Kevin Sumlin drunk or something, and that's what I don't know. It's some kooky uh, theory yeah. on what it was, but um, yeah, I like Cuffy a lot. Saw him at the opening. Thought he was a very good corner. Another guy that kind of disappointed me a little bit in his senior year. I, it kind of lowered my my uh, expectation on what he can be at corner, but as a safety or a nickel guy, I think he could be a very high upside player to the point where I pretty much convinced myself that if they missed on Brandon Jones, they were going to be fine just getting Cuffy and playing him at safety. So he's physical. He bullies people, um, sets the tone. He's very vocal, plays off a lot of emotion. He's going to be a guy that, that, that the fans really like. Then obviously Reggie Hempfield, uh, Matt, out of Manville, which turned has turned into a D1 uh, factory. Um, a lot of people may not remember, he originally recruit, uh, committed under the Matt uh, Brown era. Um, Charlie comes in, uh, pulls his offer, they reevaluate, reoffer the kid, and then I guess some, sometime after that he recommitted and been committed a long time. So uh, probably one of our longest commits um, off and on the last um, two years. Um, so what's Reggie going to do? And obviously with the – but, you know, I guess my take on him, we've got Colin Johnson, you know, 6'5". We've got Burt. Uh, I'm just wondering where Reggie's going to fit into the mold here. I think Reggie fits this offense a lot better than he fit the old offense. Of course, I think all receivers fit this offense better than they yeah. fit the old offense. But um, I, he's going to be a guy that you could play on the inside. He's going to be – he's quick. Um, he's extremely fluid. He understands – how to run routes, uh, and I think he's going to be a guy that finds the soft spots in zones, he makes plays underneath, um, and he's going to open up things, bring safeties down so that those big guys can get open on the outside. Uh, obviously, he was a heck of a recruiter for Texas this year. Um, yeah. He's on the Manville track team, which is number one in the nation, so we know he's got legit speed. Um, you know, I, yeah, he's he's going to be he's going to be a good player, I think, on the on the inside there. I mean, obviously, the kid from South Lake, another six four, six five kid. Uh, you know, we're starting to see a theme here with uh, our athletes on offense: big, tall, uh, lanky, um, big guys. Um, strong, obviously, uh, likes likes these type of players. But little Jordan Humphrey. Little Jordan Humphrey was one of the most productive players I've seen in high school, and I've and I've had the pleasure of watching him for two years at South Lake. Uh, the first time anybody ever pointed him out to me. I said, a 6'5 running back, are you kidding me? Um, and then I watched him absolutely torch Denton Geyer in the state in the regional finals. And um, when he when he started developing his receiver game and when Southlake started playing him, flexing him out at receiver, I finally started to see what kind of weapon this kid could be. And he's the type of kid that every game I've ever seen him play, and he's been the best player on the field. And I've seen him play some of the best competition in the state, including Cedar Hill in the first round this year. And he was the best player on the field. He's a mismatch nightmare. He could play inside. He could play outside on the goal line. Not blazing fast, but he's got some long striding, uh, uh, gliding ability, and very good, very good athlete who understands, you know, he's a very natural pass catcher, understands what to do with the ball. Um, I think he's actually a guy that's a candidate to play early as well. Hey, Ed, I just want to do a, a quick thing real quick. Um, for those just jumping in and, and listening, we're talking to uh, Mike Roach from hornsports.com, pre, uh, recapping the 2016 um, signing class for the Longhorns and Charlie Strong. 
Um, so I just want to remind everybody, if you've missed the first part of the show, about 20 minutes after we're done, um, it'll upload and it'll be available on podcast. But we are going live tonight, so I know some of y'all just tweeted at me. Uh, didn't know who the guest was, so um, we're talking to Mike Roach from Hornsports.com. He's given a lot of good insight on most of the class. We've got a few more to get through, so y'all can definitely go back and listen to that. Uh, a player that I have to be honest, I don't know a lot about. Uh, I knew, you know, obviously I knew he played at A-League Felsic. I didn't get to see him play this year. Uh, I really didn't know how interested we were in him. Obviously I'm talking about Chris Brown. So uh, I don't really have a lot of pre-info on him because he's just not a player that I kept up with all year. Um, he's kind of a mystery recruit to me, Mike. So tell me about Chris Brown. I think most people had Chris Brown tabbed as a guy that was brought in to be a package deal to bring in Dontavious Jackson. Mm-hmm. And while I think that, that that's probably helped him get the offer, he's certainly good enough to go play Division One at a high level on his own. Um, he's another guy like Eric Cuffey that, that's got a lot of position versatility in the secondary. Probably best at nickel or safety. He's an absolute sledgehammer, and he kind of worries me because he's he seems like the type of guy that's going to get a targeting call once every two or three games. Um <laughs> But, I mean, he's got a nasty disposition, and he's a natural playmaker. If you watch his film, I mean, I think I counted in his senior year eight interceptions, five fumble recoveries, a couple touchdowns. And, I mean, you know, he's he's a natural playmaker. So, I think he's a guy that you're going to see on special teams early on, but, but his position versatility will help him a lot. And then another kid um, out of your area, out of Duncanville, um, everybody kind of thought he was going to OU, strong state on him, and again, um, ended up being a longhorn. That's Marcel Southall, defensive tackle, 6'2", uh, I guess about 285, 290. Um, what, what do we think he's going to do? Um, okay, so I'm going to echo my comments that I made on, on Chris Daniels with Southall. That in his junior year, when he played around 270, he was a much better player, with, played with a more consistent motor. Um, kind of played a mix between end and tackle. And in that film, I kind of looked at him as a guy that could be an elite guy in the state because he was the type of guy you see Bama take and that he comes in and is like a, a three-year starter playing tackle and end at Bama and then goes to the NFL. But we, what happened was he put on a little too much weight this year. He looked a little slower. He looked a little more sluggish. I saw him in a game where he didn't give a great effort um, the entire night. But I think, look, if they can get him and reshape him, um, again, like Daniels, then then he's got a lot of great tools to work with. And they've had success with guys like that. Hassan Ridgeway had the exact same profile when he came out of high school. He was a low-motor guy, didn't give a ton of effort, and they turned him into, you know, one of the better defense tackles in the Big 12. So I'm not saying this is a way to shoot shoot down his prospects or anything. These are just, you know, what I saw from him when I saw him play a couple times. Mm-hmm. Now, kid, I'm going to gush out a little bit. Is I think he has a huge upside, a coach's son uh, out of Louisiana. Um, obviously, Brick Haley did a great job recruiting him, and a lot of the kids we pulled um, from Louisiana this year. That's the defensive end, Malcolm Roach, who uh, I think is going to be a really, really good player. Yeah, and uh, I'll no relation to me. I'll just put that out there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know what's crazy about about him is. Um, He's six – I'm trying to remember his size off the top of my head. I want to say he's about 6'3", 6'4", 265, 255, something like that. And he played mm-hmm. middle linebacker for most of the year. So, I mean, he can play – He, I mean, he's not going to play linebacker in, in college, but he's headed for strong end. I kind of think he's a guy that eventually puts on enough weight to become a tackle. 
Um, but he's got quickness and athleticism to play the Fox if you needed him to in a pinch. Uh, yeah, once again, absolutely love that guy. He's a, he's an underrated guy, kind of an under-the-radar type guy, but um, those small-town kind of uh, Louisiana backwoods kind of prospects you find have some great tools, and they're they're undervalued because they probably don't hit a lot of camps, and they they probably don't you know do the things that most of the bigger prospects do to, to get ranked higher. But yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. And and because we have the same last name, I'm I'm a big fan of his as well. <laughs> and another Louisiana kid who's uh you know six three, three eleven, defensive tackle, Benson Talk, maybe he moves to the offensive line. I don't know. He seems like he's the ideal uh middle, you know, plug hole guy right there in the middle of the two technique, and that's Gerald Wilburn. Yeah, Wilburn, um big body kid. Uh, again yep. um Senior film better than his junior film. In fact, when they had his, when I watched his junior film, I kind of wondered why he got an offer, and I kind of thought maybe this is a desperate, we need a tackle type thing. Um, but man, when his senior film came out, he just looked like a totally different player, and he's got some quickness. But like you said, he's got that huge size. He can he can plug, he can clog in the middle, basically be a speed bump against the run. And um, and and yeah, I think uh, I think I think he'll stay at defensive tackle unless the numbers get dire at guard. And the kid from Temple, who's known as the the speedster, um, you know we you know um, it's been kind of frustrating for Longhorn fans. You know the last few years we had Day J Johnson and you know the other kid a few years ago, and you know we just never seemed to maximize these guys that were just kind of undersized but could you know could take it to the house. And I'm hoping under the Gilbert offense. Um, Davian Curtis is a kid that can really, um, you know, shine. Um, but I, I like his game. Uh, he's a little small. I'm, I'm really surprised that, that, you know, Strong, you know, went after him because he's only 5'11", and obviously you can tell they're going to the big 6'4", 6'5", kids. But he's obviously a guy that we're going to use on some jet sweeps and other things because, I mean, he gets, in the, he gets past the linebackers. He's taking it to the house. Yeah, um, I actually – I actually was kind of had an inside route on the on the Curtis recruitment. Um very good source inside of his camp and um kind of led the way on information on Curtis. I think I had it out that he had an offer before everybody else did and and things yep, like that. I so I you know, I'm very familiar with Davion, um know his know his personal coach very well. I think he's a better receiver than DeJay or DJ Monroe were because those guys were kind mm-hmm. of running backs that they tried to convert to receivers. Davion is a pure receiver. So he could stretch the field. He's the type of guy, he's got legit track speed. He's the type of guy that can blow the top off. Um, he could take a short screen and take it to the house. I don't think he's going to have the consistency problems that you saw with guys like Johnson and Monroe. Also, the biggest thing to mention and the biggest reason why I love the pickup of him he ran the exact same offense at Temple that Sterling Gilbert runs because Sterling Gilbert used to coach at Temple. He knows the terminology. He knows the offense exactly. He knows all the calls. He's going to be the kid that walks on campus best suited to run that offense. Well, there you go. That's why we have Mike Roach on, a little um, tidbit on Davian Curtis. Another kid up by you out of Arlington Bowie, the big offensive lineman, um, 320 pounds, 6'5", um, top made. What do you – I like this kid a lot as well. Tope, yeah. Tope Tope Amade is how you say his name. Um, yeah. It's, it's said many different ways. His school is literally three minutes down the road from my house. Um, yeah. Tope and I are very close. I was at his signing ceremony this morning. 
just a big, strong kid. Um, he's got a mm-hmm. lot of development to do when it comes to technique, but man, he's just a big, strong bull. And um, high upside guy. He's athletic for his size. Um, he's going to take longer than most of the linemen they have on campus, just because they're going to have to clean up some things with him. But mm-hmm. just there's not anyone else in this class that has his type of raw strength. And um, you know, he loves Texas. He he told me before the season that, or you know, before his recruitment really started that if Texas came calling, there would be nobody else for him. And, and nobody was, you know, he was a great kid, one of the nicest kids I've ever met. Um, I always joke with him that he's kind of nerdy. So I kind of tell him like, man, if you weren't a football star, you'd kind of probably get beat up or something. But um, he's a, uh, yeah, he's just a wonderful kid. He's going to work his butt off. Comes from a great program, very hardworking. Um, yeah. I, I like Tope a lot. Then last but definitely um, not least, um, our, our lone tight end, and the tight end has been a position not since uh, the, the national championship game. I don't think we've had a, a, a decent tight end. And that's Peyton O'Shawn out of New Orleans, another uh, Louisiana kid we went and got. Um, tell us about his game. Uh, so if you remember Jeff Swaim when he was on campus and just that he would throw people into the first row when he blocked them, well, that's yes. what you're going to get more of with, with Peyton O'Quinn. Uh, he's he's just a blocking tight end, but he's a very aggressive. And he's got some athleticism to go with his blocking, um, which means that I think he has upside to turn into an offensive lineman down the road. That's what I um, – well, you beat me to my question. That was actually what I was going to ask you. Do you think he may grow into an offensive lineman? You beat me to it. Yeah, just like Connor Williams was a tight end in high school – this is a guy, I think he's already playing at nearly 270 to 265, I think. And it's not going to take that much more to put on him. And he's already got, um, you know, the ability to block. He understands it. He's got the disposition because he's nasty when, he, when, he's, when he's blocking out there. And you add that athleticism from a tight end, and that's really the perfect mix to make into a tackle. So, yeah, I definitely think that's probably where he's headed. Especially because, again, I don't know how much the offense features a blocking tight end. Well, all right, Mike, man, that is that was great stuff and great insight. Before I let you go, um, kind of give us just you know one or two guys, um, 2017 guys that you really like already that um, the Longhorns that you have no doubt will be targeting. Obviously, I think Dobbins, the the running back, the Benjamin kid, but you know maybe who are some others out there that we can expect to to rise up. And I don't know if you've already heard, there's already um, a good rumor starting that we're probably getting ready to get a, a 17 kid on the train. Um, if not today in the next day or two, I think it's going to be tonight. And my phone's been going crazy since I've been on it on this. And I think uh, I've got sources telling me things, but I haven't been able to check them. Um, but yeah, I mean, you kind of stole my two names. I was going to go Dobbins and Bench, love them both. Um, let yeah. me think Derek Tucker out of Manville, another one out of Manville, um, so I think he's, he's basically down already to Houston versus Texas and almost committed to Texas last year. So he's a big physical safety. Uh, I think you'll love that guy. And then um, I'm going to give you a kid that I really like that Texas hasn't offered yet, but they, they're evaluated and he went to camp with them. Nobody really knows his name yet, but I want you to write this down. And if we come back to it next year, maybe – Maybe I was right. Maybe I was wrong on him. His name is Matt Hankins. He's a defensive back okay. out of Flower, Flower Mound Marcus. Um, really good size. He looks like Holton Hill part two. And um, 
from what I hear, Strong and the staff really love him. They just haven't offered him yet. So that's going to yeah. be my guy to watch out for, Matt Hankins, Flower Mound, Marcus Corner. Well, Mike, I really appreciate you coming on, and we're definitely not going to wait till uh, all the way till next signing day to get you back on. Um, I promise next time I won't keep you on as long, maybe only you know, 15, 20 minutes. But um, I'm definitely going to get with you, and we'll um, – We'll definitely uh, get you back on throughout the year, maybe, uh, you know, 10, 15 minutes just to kind of give everybody a quick rundown of what's going on because you're definitely plugged in. I've been following you um, at Horn Sports. I've read all your stories today. They were great. Um, and so definitely tell our, our listeners where they can find you on Twitter, where they can find the stuff you're writing, and any other information they need from you because if you're not covering – if you're not following Mike Roach and what he's doing in recruiting around Texas, folks, you're missing out. So um, tell them where they can find you. All right. Well, first, let me just thank you for having me on. I feel like I've finally made it now that I'm on the Orange Report. Because, um, you know, I mean, obviously I see you guys. And, you know, there's the, the usual Twitter group that's out there of Longhorn fans that I see. And I saw you guys giving the Aggies a hard time today. And so, you know, I'm aware of what you guys do. So, like I said, I feel like I finally made it on onto your podcast. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Mike underscore Horn Sports. You can check us out at hornsports.com. We are the only free site on the Internet giving out all this good information. So come join the community, post on the board, say hi. Um, you know, I'll talk to just about anybody who will listen. Um, so, yeah, come check us out there. And definitely uh, later on this year, this summer, uh, you get into Houston to, to cover some kids or a camp, um, hit me up. Uh, I'll make I'll make um, Aaron buy me and you a cold drink and a steak somewhere. So I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, well, I I think I might be in Houston in in April for the opening regional, so I might take you up on that. Absolutely. Well, I sure appreciate it, man. Great stuff. Had a good evening. Go check on those sources, and I'll look for a a tweet commit from you tonight. So I'm hearing some good news is coming. That's awesome, man. Appreciate you. All right. Appreciate it, sir. Have a good night. All right. All right. Mike Roach from Hornsports.com. Um, I hope everybody enjoyed that segment as much as I did. That was good stuff. We broke down the entire 24-man signing class for 2016 for our beloved Texas Longhorns. We're at 8.50 p.m. Uh, I want to thank all our listeners. I want to thank everybody who has tweeted to me the last month. Where's the Orange Report been? Where's the Orange Report been? Well, we're back rolling. Um, we're going to definitely move from football and recruiting, and we're going to get into some Shaka Smart talk um, in the next few weeks. And then right, right around the corner, uh, we're going to be talking some Texas baseball. So we're, we're going to be hitting it hot and heavy. Um, I had a couple shows scheduled um, in January and December, but I was under the weather, and then obviously the real job kicks in. Uh, but hopefully we'll be back on the regular schedule, if not every Wednesday. We'll definitely be back with you all every other Wednesday. Matt just texted me. Um, he's in Boston. His plane just landed, so he don't look like he's going to be able to call in tonight, but hopefully he'll be back with me um, next week or the week after. Um, but, again, I always appreciate Longhorn fans listening to our podcast. Um, it's a good time. Without the listeners, um, there's not much point in doing it, and I really do appreciate Mike and all the guests we've had on um, the past few years since we did this. Um, the guests what really make the show. I'm just kind of a, an intermediator here. So, Again, you can find the podcast on iTunes, the Stitcher app, and, of course, over at the um, TuneIn app. So anybody that wants to listen on, our, um, on their smartphone. So with that said, I'm going to get on out of here tonight. Let's enjoy the rest of the night. Let's give the Aggies hail, the Sooners hail on Twitter. Um, again, congratulations to Coach Strong, um, Brick Haley, Gene Mary, Vaughn, um, Trailer, 
I mean, just the whole, the whole, all the graduate assistants, everybody behind the scenes that pulled this class together. Um, Strong has caught a lot of flap about being so-called disorganized. He's caught a lot of flack about he doesn't connect with high school coaches. Um, he doesn't contact recruits enough. Well, I think we can put all that BS to bed because you don't close out a class with the studs that we signed um, in the last two days, uh, Monday and Tuesday, uh, if all those things are true. That is absolutely impossible. So for all you idiots, um, national writers, Aggies, Longhorn fans, I don't care who you are, message board fanatics, um, even if you're a Longhorn fan, if some coach tells you that, Long, that, that Charlie Strong is not connecting with kids or not connecting with coaches, us as Longhorn fans need to put, look them in the face and tell them and say, you know what, that's a bold lie. Because if it's true, he, it would be impossible. So you Longhorn fans that have bought into that BS, get it out of your, get it out of your mind. Um, there's no doubt that in the two years, Charlie Strong knows what he's doing in recruiting. Now, with that said, y'all know I've been critical here on the Orange Report. We're 11 and 14 in two years. It's time to go win some football games, and I got a feeling that's the final piece of the puzzle that's going to get done in 2016. So buckle up, enjoy the ride. Thanks for listening. Always remember, the eyes of Texas are upon you. Hook them horns, and it's always fitting after a day like that and we lift our horns up. So everybody out there in the land, on the Internet, lift your horns up right now. The eyes of Texas.